The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. to the hollow sky podcast we are your host i'm steven and kyle happy monday hollow cult you know what that means we're here to help you get through the work week as best we can and we have a banger of an interview for you this week uh we talked to our friend nicholas bruno about his battle with sleep paralysis and what he has done to put together an arsenal to try to combat it uh excellent conversation i'm really excited for everybody to hear it but first, before we get into that, we got to get through the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Reddit. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and we will be there. Come join the Hollow Cult. Be part of the community. If you have a listener experience you'd like for us to share on our Thursday show, Kyle's got some info you're going to want. If you want to have your experience featured on our show, you can write it out and shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also use a voice recording app on your smartphone, record yourself, send it to the same email. You can call or text the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. You can send us weird stuff at hollowskypodcast, P.O. Box 145, Field, Illinois, Six two zero three one. If you'd like to, and we also stirred out great in the beginning, (laughs) but now we're here. We're trying our best. If you'd like to support the show, there's plenty of ways you can do it. Uh, We have a Patreon. If you'd like to go check that out, search up those tiers. We got extra content over there, ad-free shows, uh, all kinds of goodies. We have a website, hollowskypodcast.com. Go over there and look at the store. Get some hollow merch. Rep the hollow cult. We have a Venmo if you'd like to throw a few uh, bucks in that to support our bad habits. We appreciate it. Best thing you can do is word of mouth. Share the show, share the show, share the show. I know I'm a broken record with this, but the more ears we fall on, the better. You can also go to wherever you catch podcasts, your podcatcher that is, 
and leave us a five-star rating and review. When I find them, I'll shout them out. Today's five-star rating and review comes to us from our friend Shell TB3. Shell says, my favorite podcast right now, five stars. Thank you for making me chuckle when listening. You make it so easy to get lost in your catalog. I've started from the beginning and I'm only or and only at May 2022 and I'm listening all the time. I know everyone always says keep up the good work, but you guys are killing it. And thanks again for being you and well, awesome. Just turn my friend on to you who's from Illinois. I'm from the UK originally and have plenty of experiences to share with you, which I will soon take care shell. Shell, thanks so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star rating and review. We are excited to hear your experiences. I think you may have called in on the night shift this week, this past week. So it will be airing tomorrow on the show. This is correct. Yes. Um, Thank you for also uh, throwing our name in the hat for any of your uh, podcast pals that are into weird stuff. We greatly appreciate it. With that being said, we are going to throw it right over to our friend Nicholas and get into this conversation we had with him about battling sleep paralysis. Hope you enjoy Holocult. Holocult, we have a very special friend uh, sitting in with us today. His name is Nicholas Bruno. He is an surreal artist and an experiencer that has... uh, been dealing with sleep paralysis for uh, quite a while now. He uh, takes his experiences in the sleep paralysis world and then puts them over into his art. It is uh, very, it's very interesting. You should check it out. So uh, today we're going to sit in with Nicholas. Nicholas, if you'd like to uh, tell everybody where they can find your artwork, a little bit about yourself. Thank you guys for having me. Um, It's really an honor. Um, Yeah, I'm a surreal and conceptual photographer. I'm based in New York. Um, I mostly post myself on Instagram, which is at Nicholas Bruno without an H. And I've been transforming my dreams and sleep paralysis experiences into photography and works of art since I was 15 years old. That's, that's, it's awesome that it transforms, transforms into art, but I do completely sympathize with you about dealing with sleep paralysis. (laughs) Did you deal with it before you were 15 years old? So when I was younger, I, I remember having experiences when I was around five or six years old. Um, I remember waking up in my childhood bedroom and having this ghost-like figure walk by my bedroom, by my bedside. And I remember looking up at it and I thought it was my mom, wasn't my mom. I was like, what is this? Who is this figure standing above my bed? And I remember waking up being like, oh, that's kind of terrifying. But maybe I was just, maybe it was just a dream, you know? But I had nightmares my whole childhood, too. So it wasn't out of the norm for me to see something like that. Um, And throughout my childhood, smaller experiences of sleep paralysis started to happen. But when I started having them almost every single night, it was around age 15 when I was in high school. Um, I would be waking up and I'd have these experiences where there'd be a shadow-like figure standing over my bed where I feel like I'd be getting strangled by like a bunch of shadow-like hands at the foot of my bed. And I would go to school every day and dread going back home, going to bed because I knew I was going to have an experience again and really took a toll on my mental health. And it was really tough. And I started failing a lot of my classes and it wasn't until I really started pouring myself into my art classes that I was finding more solace in each day. Like I had a reason to go to school and focus because I loved my art teacher. I loved the community there. 
And my camera kind of became my savior in that regard. Dude, that's wild. Like, I couldn't imagine having, like, because you hear about sleep paralysis, and for a lot of people, it's an occasional thing. Right. It's not so frequent like you were having it. Because I remember in, in that promo video I was telling you about where it said at one point, or you said at one point, that you felt like you were possessed by a demon or you had that that looming evil over top of you. Correct. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a Greek Orthodox household and I had a lot of superstitions come down from my great-grandmother and all of that was very much present in my psyche. <laughs> so my immediate first thought when sleep paralysis kept happening over and over was, okay, my house has to be haunted or I'm possessed by a demon or something religious or supernatural is happening here and... I got to get to the bottom of this because it's driving me crazy. Um, so my mom actually had a priest come to my house once and bless the whole house with holy water. Uh, he came into my childhood bedroom and he saw all my, I love metal music. So he saw my metal posters on the wall and he's like, Oh my God. He starts splashing my metal posters. And here I am like, is this really happening right now? Like, is this what it is? It was very surreal. You know, you're a teenage kid. You don't know what's going on. And then you have a demon appear at the foot of your bed. So I was just freaked out to the bone. And um, it wasn't until I started really connecting with my art teacher. I was, I felt comfortable sharing those experiences with him. I wasn't really keen on sharing them with my family and friends. Cause one, they either thought I was crazy or they thought it was a demon, like an actual one. Um, but my art teacher was like, Hey, why don't you start keeping a journal and just start drawing all this stuff down and let's turn it into an art project. And with that, I started sketching and writing down all the characters that I'd see. I'd write down all the experiences that I felt, like if I felt like I was drowning or if I felt like I was lifting out of my bed like or an out-of-body experience. All that ended up in that notebook. And from there, I had a month's worth of drawings. I'm like, this is pretty crazy because I can see recurring characters like the hatted man appearing. Um, he's like a shadow figure with a, who wears a hat or the old hag who's like an old woman in a dress. Um, and my teacher's like, why don't you start creating self-portraits? Cause I was primarily using photography. I was terrible at drawing and he wanted me to just keep evolving the project. And I started going out and becoming these characters through costumes and setting up my camera on a tripod. And I would just go and reenact these scenes. And that really helped me get a grasp on what was going on. And I started sharing them online. And before I knew it, it, it blew up online and other people were pouring their stories to me. And I was like, wow, I don't feel as alone. Was the, um, that is interesting that you said there, there are multiple entities that kind of keep coming in and out. Was the one that you remember from your early childhood, like five or six, was it similar to the one, like the, I guess the turning point one when you were 15, that kind of got you to start expressing that you were having these experiences. Were they similar or were they different? So the childhood ones, I never really got to see what their physical bodies looked like. It was more of like a, a presence in passing. Cause the way that my bedroom was set up, I was facing like the door was kind of on the other side of a little alcove and my, I would be sleeping on my back. So I wouldn't be able to really see what was going on to the side of me. So whenever that would happen in childhood, they'd be like at the side of my bed. But in, uh, when I switched bedrooms, when I was in high school, they would appear like right at the foot of my bed or the side of my bed where I could actually see them. And, um, then I started to see these characters that were more developed looking, whether it was like a spectral ghost, something like that, like an image behind me or the hat man, the old hag, or even just like a, a mass of 
shadow with hands that would just kind of come forward and you'd, you'd be able to feel them during it. So I was just at a loss because I had no idea what this was until I started putting my pictures online and people were like, hey, look this up. This is a sleep disorder. Like you're not possessed by a demon. And I kept going through it. I'm like, wow, this makes so much more sense now. And here I am, 15 years old, losing my mind, depressed, thinking that the world was going to end. And I, all it was is a sleep disorder that I could actually try to manage, whether it's through art therapy, positional therapy, through like sleep apnea treatments. There's there's so many ways to get rid of sleep paralysis or at least manage it. And through that, it's like I, my mission was, okay, I'm going to try to spread as much word as I can about this condition because there's kids around the world who are going through this. And they'd send me messages and say like, hey, my parents put me through an exorcism because they thought that I was possessed. But really, I showed them your video and they helped me figure out that it's a medical condition. And I'm like, I got to help people because I I never want a kid to feel like they did like when I was that young. And that's why it's been my mission to create these photographs and share them with the world. That's That's admirable, man. It really Thanks. is. Like I couldn't. Like I, the motivation behind that is amazing. And, and we kind of relate in the aspect of like, you get other experiencers that reach out and then it's even just talking to you about it makes a person feel better. You know, it kind of gets that weight off of their chest. Like, Oh, I can breathe because a lot of people will view sleep paralysis in many different areas, you know, some people think it's more paranormal than, than medical. And in your case, it, it, it seems like taking that medical approach has, has helped you not to mention expressing yourself, which in its own little weird way, it's, it's kind of bizarre when you think about it, just the evolution of, of your experience, how it's get so bad. And then you have that one person in your life, which is your art teacher. And it's like, Hey, Let's try this out. Yeah. And then it looks, look what happened. Like it just blossoms into this, this amazing <laughs> thing that you never, you would never picture happening in your life at all, but it did. Right. You know, it's like, that's what's so powerful about art, especially as a therapy. And I'm not going to discount the paranormal aspect of sleep paralysis because whenever I'm in there, it is, it is real. Anything that you're experiencing within that, you're like on the, the divide between the conscious and the subconscious. Like it almost feels like you're about to travel into death, but you're not quite there. It's like this weird purgatory in between. And that I, I still believe is real. It's just the fact that, that I realized that it was based in something medical that helped me feel a little less insane by experiencing that. Um, but when I go in there, it's like I'm diving into a different world and I'm going in and observing I mean, it's like a bittersweet thing to have this experience because, I mean, yeah, it really sucks and it takes a toll on my life, but I get to see something that not many people get to see around the world. And then I get to bring that back from that plane and bring it into the waking world and share it. You know, it's it's like you're an archaeologist in a way. You're the archaeologist. It gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Like it's, it's like the way you paint that picture is so powerful. Like just Thanks. your words are are perfect. And I, 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 and I love words. I love that expression and the fact that you can paint it in this way, I think will allow listeners to 
like feel that deeply. Like it's not going to be overglossed. And I, I, I appreciate that so much because I couldn't, I've never experienced that in my life. Like I've had the nightmares and stuff, but you wake up and it's over. But from like what you say, and then what I've heard Steve talk about, like you said, it is a whole nether realm. Be it, even if it's just drugs, chemicals mixing in your brain, that's still, you know, you, you, you express it as like, it's real, like it's happening as I'm here. And I couldn't imagine like what that does to you. Like you said, especially on a daily basis, the mental stress and anguish that it puts on you. Like, it's amazing. And I'm going to keep pointing it out. It's amazing that you have come so far. Yeah. I, I feel really dealt with it so well. Yeah. I mean, there had the, my private life again, I'm still going through that stuff and it's something that I may never get over because it doesn't just go away, but um, I'm just glad I found an outlet. And that's what I hope that when people hear about my artwork, about my story, that they can just dip into their outlet too. Even if they stink at whatever it is, like I was not good at drawing, but I took those drawings and made them into photography. And then that blossomed, you know, or somebody could even just start with a journal and make a piece of music based on that. And they put that out into the world. That could be really cathartic for them too. And I just hope that people see, even if it's not sleep paralysis, even if it's something just more difficult in your life that you're dealing with, art is a perfect venue to channel that and to put out there and to actually find your community too. It's, it's a universal language and that's why I love it the most. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> experience sleep paralysis, nothing on the level that you experience. Mine is very few and far between, it happens maybe once a year. Okay. So as far as like sleep paralysis goes, I guess I'm on the, the lucky end of the spectrum, but I also don't see entities. You don't? Okay. Whenever, whenever I'm experiencing it. It's just, um, it, you described it perfectly, like a purgatory between like a, a waking realm and a subconscious realm. And whenever I'm there, I just have this innate, like primal fear of something that's in my house. I can't see it. I can't hear it, but I can like, you can almost feel that there's a presence there and that it is not good. It is not positive. And it, it it's a fear that I've, that I have never felt anywhere outside of sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. It gets so intense that I like, I can consciously like I know that I'm having a bout of sleep paralysis and I'm consciously trying to wake myself up so I can get out of there because I'm so afraid of whatever's in that realm with me, but I've never seen it before. So I do sympathize with you in, in your experiences. That's for sure. And you just like Kyle said, you described it perfectly. It's, uh, it's intense. Yeah. It's intense. It's like a primal fear that again, like I resonate with that too, where I've never felt that, outside of that experience there's nothing really that you can re can't really compare it it's because you're frozen in your bed your body is completely paralyzed you can maybe move your eyes around a little bit but you're at the mercy of whatever is going to happen i mean after having it a bunch of times you realize you you're not going to die but still it's like it just strikes the fear of god in you you, you can't really shake it yep 100 percent, and it it is my, like I'll, once I finally snap out of it, my heart rate will be so high. I'll be like sweating and just so anxious as to what happened. It's, it's terrible. And since we've started the, started the show, we've had so many people come forward with similar experiences and experiences seeing 
the entities that you said, the hat man, the old hag, uh, just the, the shadow entities that, that I, I guess kind of almost like meander in these realms for lack of a better term. And, uh, I don't know. It makes you wonder if they, if they are like a constant presence there in between the conscious and the subconscious and we only experience them during like sleep paralysis or meditation or lucid dreaming, like kind of where we alter that, those realms a little bit where you can kind of move in and out. And I think about it a lot. It's hard for me to put into words, I guess, but it is uh, intense. I agree with that. I think they're, it's almost like they're archetypes in a way where it's like, you have like this male figure, this female figure that, the hatted man, the old hag, um, like the hermit, maybe, for example, like from the tarot cards, like maybe will appear at the foot of your bed, like an old looking man in a cloak. Um, that's what kind of blew my mind when I started studying tarot, where a lot of these characters that I've been seeing also resonate with like the fool's journey and all of the things that build up tarot cards, like the architecture behind that. And that's when I started making my new series, which is called the Somnia Tarot, where I took my dream journals, the classic tarot, mushed them together and to make my own series based on that. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a really fun thing to do because like it just studying the whole history of tarot and then looking at my journals, there's just so many deep archetypes that appear that appear across history. Like there's so many documentations of sleep paralysis throughout history that people have been going through this for thousands of years and they're seeing the same exact figures no matter what culture, what language it is. I'm like, who are these guys? You know, and I'm, not, I'm awesome. I might never get to it in my lifetime. But again, like I like to consider myself like a dream archaeologist. I want to go in there and dig deep and pull up something like handed it, put it on the table and say, what is this thing? You know, um, it's, it's really just unique to go back and look at the old art, old documentations of it. And I wonder what people will think a thousand years from now, maybe they'll still be having these dreams. That is, it is wild when you put it in terms of archetype that it's, it's so like, I don't like to use the term crazy, but there's not really another term I can use that so many people across the world that experience it, see the same thing over and over and over again. It's almost, it, I don't know. you like, you don't know if it is an aspect that is being created by the human mind or if it's an actual, like an actual entity that does exist right you know because the fact that people somebody in america and somebody on the other side of the world in australia can see something and describe exactly the same thing is is pretty intense yeah it just it crosses boundaries and art also does the same thing so that's why it was like maybe we could just use a photograph to spread awareness of it too and it seems to have worked and i've loved having people like you guys said that you have people send in their stories. I love when people send me their artwork or their music that's inspired by it too, because it just, again, creates a community and then we get to all talk about it together. That's, that's exactly how it goes for us because mm-hmm. we do have like a, a strictly listener based show that we, we present as well. And it's, it's weird. Uh, Cause I, I, I've referenced it for me and Steve several times. It's almost like we're sin eaters because these people pour out the darkest corners of their life to to us and to you, and it, it there comes a weight with that where 
you don't want to ever brush them to the side. Like you, you feel that weight, and you're like, I have to represent this in the most in the in the most delicate of ways, but in the most honorable of ways. And it is super important, like you said. And then, even if somebody's claim is a little bit more outlandish than the next person's, or hard to believe. Like you said, it still brings talking points. It still gets people talking about this stuff. And the way I, I mean, I am a very woo-woo person. I believe in just about everything that's out there. I will 100% admit that I'm guilty of it. I am the molder of the bunch. I believe in everything, but I never, I never rule out like science and, and medical stuff. Like, especially in your case, like it, that should be a, a first case where people go. You need to consider every option i would never like i just trying to put myself in your parents shoes and like thinking that my daughter only needs an exorcism like to me that's 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 kind of crazy you know and i'm not i'm not i'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything but it's just it's crazy it's weird that people have only gone that route in these situations to mitigate these problems and it's like there's so much behind sleep paralysis and it's, and I, there's a part you were talking about where you, you said that you get to go explore. And one of the, the upcoming theories surrounded with sleep paralysis is that's the beginning stage to astral projection, to you being able to send your consciousness out mm-hmm. and explore all these crazy places. So after years of doing this, I, I do have out of body experiences now when I, so if I end up in sleep paralysis, I, if I fight against it and try to leave my bed, I end up kind of leaving my body in a way I'm able to walk out of my room or like try to float down the hallway and end up in like the backyard and then I'll snap and end up back in my bed, obviously. But, um, it's evolved into this really strange because like, I'm so self-aware of what's going on in these dreams. I've had them so many times that again, it's like a playground in a way and I'll be able to either leave my body or sometimes if it goes wrong, I'll like float upwards and upside down and get sucked through the wall and end up back in my body again. Um, I haven't like ended up in different planes or anything like that, but it's mostly just this strange out of body experience that it almost feels like all the lights are really dim and the gravity regular gravity is like 10 times what it normally is. It almost feels like you're almost blackout drunk in a way. That's, that's how I feel when I'm like leaving and going. It's this really strange, heavy, deep feeling that, that I get um, as I'm traveling through my house or into my backyard. And I haven't seen, I've seen in one instance, some figures blocking a doorway when I did that, but otherwise they're not, they're not anywhere else, but in my room when I do those experiences. Mm. So I don't know. And everybody, it's different. So that is interesting. Out of body stuff. Uh, We had, we had a listener that's wrote in a couple of times in dealing with her sleep paralysis and it's starting to evolve into lucid dreaming where she can, um, she got to the point where she left her room and then she left her house and like, she's moving further and further away from like the, the center point, which was obviously her bed. Right. And, um, she just kind of experiments with it because I guess she gets it pretty regularly, mm-hmm. but she said that she has this fear in the back of her mind that she's going to go too far 
she's not going to be able to come back. So she's very, very cautious in her exploration. She also brought up a point. She's like, what if my consciousness moves so far away that something else replaces me in my body as I'm gone? That's also interesting, (laughs) which definitely makes you wonder. (laughs) Do you guys play video games at all? Yes. Yeah. Do you ever play Age of Empires before? I have not, but I have. It's an old school video game where like you start as a civilization, there's a town, and then everything around you on the map is just dark black until you start moving. And it kind of slowly reveals the map. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel. And it sounds stupid, but in those out of body experiences, if you, I can keep kind of like pushing it and going through the map and revealing a little bit more area each time, I've only gotten as far as my backyard. So I'm not, I don't, I don't blame you there. I mean, the way it sounds like I ain't sugarcoating it. You sound like you're kind of a badass, man. Cause <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I would be scared. I'm, I'm, I dreams like nightmares and stuff have always affected me a lot when I have them. Like I wake up terrified mm-hmm. and the fact that there are people out there like you that have the ability to, to navigate these areas. I don't know why. I don't know why. Cause I, I, I mean, me and Steve are the type of dudes that'll go out. Look, we, I mean, if there was a UFO out there, we'd run out there to it and figure it out and jump through portals and all types of crazy shit. Yeah. But I, I like, I don't know if it's just because it's so intimate because it's like you, you perceive it as being locked in your head, like as you're going to sleep and it's a very vulnerable situation for you. You're, I feel like I, I'm nowhere prepared for this journey because I'm trying to go to bed right now. Oh yeah. And then, then it hits you and it's like an invasion of your, of your most intimate safe space. And then there's people like you that are able to, and I know it came with a lot of hardships in the beginning, but you fought past it. Mm-hmm. And now you're able to navigate these realms and express them. And then ironically enough, there are, I mean, your following's huge. And the fact that it just has built this community around it. Like, I, I really feel like that speaks to the whole situation. Almost like, I know it sounds cheesy, but almost like it, this is what you were supposed to do. I, I would, you know, it's like, I would hope that by making these pictures, even though it's just a guy and his camera, I just hope that it does leave some sort of little impact. Or if I, for example, I speak at schools a lot. If I can reach one kid in that class who's going through a tough time, then I feel accomplished. You know, even if I didn't have the followers on Instagram, I still would be doing the same exact thing because it's really just important to to impact those, those people who really need, they're at that last step before God knows what happens. And I just hope that people can find art or find music or find writing and just take all that that gets bottled up here, like like we were saying before, and just put it onto a piece of paper. Just externalizing it in that regard can change your life. And I've seen it happen. I've had kids write into me from all over telling me that I, I really have these awful dreams and you're helping me and I'm doing my school project like the same way you did it. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, yeah, it is awesome. Talk about putting pep in your step, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's so that, that's that special you. right there. There, one thing we've learned since we've started the show that our show's going on five years, but we've learned that there are so many people that do not have an outlet, they do not have a platform to talk about their experiences, not just uh sleep paralysis, but across the whole, the whole board, mm-hmm. and being able to give somebody the opportunity to share their, their experiences because. 
for some reason, it's still so taboo to talk about anything outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. And if we can, we said it from the beginning, if we can just give them, give them a place to come where they don't have to worry about like being judged or, or having insecurities about being experiencers like that in itself, I feel like is the greatest gift we can give anybody. I think you wrapped it up perfectly because there's so many people that are still like pre-art teacher Nicholas at 15 that does not know what's happening, does not know what's going on in his life, Mm -hmm. that have nowhere to go, no no one to get any advice from, no one to get any help from. And it is a very noble cause, you going out and helping uh, people that are experiencing the same thing as you. I, that from from all of them and from me, we we appreciate it. Thank you, I appreciate that. Since um, since this has been going on, I'm um, speaking kind of from my own experiences and and kind of from your experiences. Does it do the entities entities still feel like malevolent, malicious? It depends on the ones that I'll see, and they've also changed over time. So just like by documenting them, they've the I guess the energy that they, they put off is way different. Um, like for example, before I was talking about like an like a hermit old man sort of character, he never appeared in my life until like maybe four years ago, and he kind of looked. He's like he had like a big bushy beard, a hood, cloak, and he sat on the foot of my bed, and I would wake up and he'd be there and he he'd kind of like turn around and look at me. And it felt like a whole rush of like flurries and snow would blast at my face while that was happening. It's like something like that's not terrifying to me. It's an anomaly, but um, it's just really interesting to see as I age different characters appearing and how they react, you know, like, like for example, behind me, I have this ghost-like character on a horse that I've seen before. And whenever I see like a faceless figure, they sort of look like that. And I've had, for example, more terrifying things happen where I'll have an out-of-body experience and I'll try to get to the door and the door will fling open and there'll be like 10 of those guys like mushed together blocking the doorway. Um, <laughs> so those guys are not cool. And I've had other ones when I've been traveling. It happens a lot when I travel too. I guess just from being in an unfamiliar place. Um, one that, that I've seen multiple times while traveling is like a guy who's maybe like eight feet tall standing in the room towards the wall and he's like scrunched up in a way because he's so tall in the room and he'll shoot like these tendrils out at me and they'll like connect to my chest and it feels like he's sucking the like oxygen and life out of me when that happens that's strange that you bring that up because (laughs) i was hoping (laughs) there was one there was one time it was within the last what two years, Kyle. Yeah, oh yeah. That I had about a sleep paralysis where I did see a figure, <clears throat> and um, we were going through some weird stuff with the show, uh, delving into some weird waters, I guess, and a bunch of strange occurrences started happening. It involved our children seeing shadow figures and all sorts of stuff. Like whatever we had stirred up was not appreciative of what we were doing. Mm-hmm. So one night I go to bed. And I'm sleeping just like, like regular. And I feel like I'm having a dream, right? So I'm sleeping on my side and my girlfriend says, do you see him? And I roll over and I look out our bedroom door and our bedroom door kind of leads into our kitchen. We have this uh, sink light we keep on. So it's backlit. And as I looking this huge, probably eight foot tall figure, completely dark, no, uh, 
discernible features except, except for a head and shoulders, mm-hmm. leans in through the door and looks in. I get immediately immediate sleep paralysis, cannot move. And I see it. I'm still looking at it. And it Sarah goes, Do you see it? Do you see it? And it darts out of darts out of the doorway. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I'm trying to wake myself up, wake, my, wake myself up. So I finally get myself out of what I think is sleep paralysis. And she's still asking me, do you see it? So I get up and as I'm going through my house, granted, I still don't know if this is a dream, if this is real. This thing is always like two steps ahead of me, moving back and forth. When I finally get my eyes on it, it goes into the bedroom. So I follow it into our bedroom. As I get in, it goes out and goes into our recording room. And Sarah's saying, she's like, it went into the recording room, but I need you to be careful. It keeps changing its name. It keeps changing its name. Then I woke up. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was weird that you had mentioned the eight foot tall guy. So uh, that was the only time that I'd experienced a a kind of entity. And I don't know what it keeps changing its name. It keeps changing its name means, but apparently it's not a good sign. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he left the room though and didn't come into the room. That that's like, but it's also kind of, you guys have seen the movie signs for example right oh yeah so it's like you never see the alien until like the end you know and he's like moving around you only see glimpses of it sometimes that's even more terrifying when you can't even tell where it is in in the space you know oh yeah wow did did any of this and i don't because i don't exactly know how you feel on on the whole paranormal topic but (laughs) did sleep paralysis make you more curious of that area did it bring it more to attention have you just ignored the paranormal like how how does sleep paralysis kind of play into that for you i will say that when i was younger i was terrified of ufos abductions all that type of stuff my dad used to watch all the shows on tv or have it on you know like before dinner and that would freak me out um and when sleep paralysis was happening as i was younger i did think it was ufo or alien like abductions which freaked me out too yeah (laughs) um so i've always really been open to paranormal stuff as a teenager i used to go into like there's an abandoned psych ward near my house and i used to go in there with my friends and like look try to find old documents and see if we were going to see a ghost in the basement or in the morgue um so again i just i really have always been interested in what's beyond this reality and now that i've been experiencing this for such a long time i'm definitely open to all these different things especially the fact that everyone else is experiencing it too and maybe that i can't take a photograph of what these entities look like but i can make a photograph that kind of represents what they might look like and maybe in five years with all the advancements of technology i hope that um we'll be able to take a dream and put it into a hard drive and feed it through i don't know like a mid mid journey ai or something like that and have it generate something based on the code that's in the dream. You know, I, I hope that we get to that point where we can see something like that. That would be That'd wild. Be awesome. Right. That'd be super wild, man. Like, cause like I said, I've, I've had a lot of experiences throughout my life dealing with weird stuff. And now that I sit and think about it, like how you described your artwork as this therapeutic thing, I look back and we had experiences early on in the show that just scared the living shit out of me. I mean, it to the point where I wasn't even going to like post the episodes and stuff. Wow. But as, as we move forward, because I, I do the same thing in a nutshell, I'll experience something and I'm a human being. So notoriously I kind of 
we'll play it off. Well, it's probably this or it's probably that, you know, mm-hmm. da, da, da. But I still, I still log it. Like, I still talk to everybody. I'm like, all right, I had something weird happen to me the other night. I'm going to talk about it. Maybe somebody else out there has something similar. Maybe you know what it is. And I log it and I get and it. It, it is therapeutic in a way. And now I think about it because you get it out there and then you kind of start to fear these circumstances less and less and less and less as, as it moves forward. So it's really weird that you, you bring that up and it kind of puts me in a headspace where I'm like, huh, because I, a lot of things that I have seen recently don't bother me that much. Right. It's so weird. There's this thing that I call the fear cycle where if you're in sleep paralysis and you feed the situation fear, it gives it back to you and it becomes this like rumination, this cycle. And that kind of like, if you feed the entity, that negative energy, it's going to feed it back to you. And that's where I made my switch when I was probably around like 18. I was able to figure out how to not be immediately alarmed and kind of be more inquisitive because once you start doing that, the whole vibe changes inside the experience. It's like the entity's like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> and maybe it'll stand there for a second. You can kind of analyze what it looks like. And then when you wake up, you can draw it or you can figure out how to write about it. And by breaking that fear cycle, even with regular everyday things, like you stop that rumination process that happens up here. And then we think ourselves in circles and we end up feeling sick about it. But if we can just bleed that onto paper. Like, or even just talking about it too, talk therapy. It, it's really, really helpful. Yep. That's what, that's what I was going to ask. I was kind of leading into it with my last question. If as, as this progressed and you became more like conscious to it and your fear diminished how the interactions with these entities changed, if they changed at all, but you kind of touched on that. So mm-hmm. it was very interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, it's taken a long time for me to figure out how to do that and it still is draining and I still do get terrified, but, um, I would like to recommend that if like your listeners do have sleep paralysis, try doing that. Just try to be an observer or ask a question. I know you can't speak during the experience, but try to like ponder a question and see if it, maybe the entity will respond and you might get an in, like uh, a new insight as to what's happening. Is it still happening to you on, uh, like the same constant basis as it has throughout your life? So what I do now, I actually worked with a, he's a dentist, but also like a sleep medicine doctor. He helped me design, well, he designed it, a mouth guard that I wear at night that opens up my airway. I got it. He helped me get a sleep study. And when I went for that, they figured out I have atypical narcolepsy, which is basically when my brain goes to sleep, Um, it goes into REM sleep in like 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, as opposed to like a normal person's brain where it goes in like 40 minutes. So there's a dysfunction that happens there. And that's what sends me into these experiences. And I also have, it's called, uh, UARS, which is like a airway restriction. It's not sleep apnea, but my throat muscles relax when I sleep and it closes up my airway. So I'm still, I still get the experiences when I wear the mouth guard, but the fact that I have more oxygen, it's not as like physically debilitating. Cause when I didn't have that, I would wake up. I felt like there was a hundred pound anvil on my chest every morning just cause I wasn't breathing. I wasn't getting oxygen and through, um, positional therapy as well, where I sleep on my side and I elevate my heart. That helps me a lot. And also if I wear a sleep blindfold, that helps me not see things. If I don't want to go through an experience and as well as using a white noise, white noise is a really big help. Because 
uh, pure silence can sometimes trigger it. And then that's when you start hearing stuff. Like I have auditory hallucinations when I have sleep paralysis where I'll hear a voice or vibration or someone's like right in my ear screaming. The white noise does help with that. So there's, <laughs> I've just found all these little methods that kind of join together that, that to make my life a little bit easier, even if I do go through an experience and art of course has changed my mental health forever. It's the best thing ever. That's awesome. And I'm, I mean, this is kind of funny, but anybody who sleeps in dead silence is a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot sleep in dead silence at all ever. It is the worst thing ever. I don't, I love to, you, you know, no, I love that you've like put together this arsenal, to like <laughs> combat sleep paralysis. That is so, so awesome. Every, all of our listeners that have to go through this, Take notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure they will too. I'm sure they will. I mean, I have to sleep with noise, and I I don't like my sleep to be interrupted. Uh, I I have had auditory hallucinations before. At least that's what I always tell myself they are. But ironically enough, after I start, after I had an experience, and I mean, I won't get into all the juicy details, but I started uh, commanding things out of my life you know, using the power of, of the Lord and, and stuff like that. And for me, my auditory hallucinations stopped after that point. Wow. Which is weird to say the very least. I'm not, and I, I'm the type of person too, where I is, did I, did I convince myself that I, you know, did I make myself realize that this is an auditory hallucination? And by me doing that, did it, did it clear it from the area or did I, cast it out like legitimately because i used to always have you ask steve i I, I would i would tell him once every two weeks something like that i would always hear a woman whisper a name into my ear and it'd wake me up wow happened to me all the freaking time and then i'd have some people call it exploding head syndrome but it sounded like a, a car door would shut out in my driveway i would have those a lot and then i man and it it's even hard for me to wrap my brain around, but then I, I cast things out mm-hmm. in my home and kind of made a stand for myself. And I have never had it happen since. Wow. Yeah. There's something powerful. Really about that. Even if, if it's something that like a mantra you have that you can say verbally or in your head, or if you can put it onto paper, like I do, or you can again, like do a, like people sage their house, which helps mm-hmm. people. Like from I again being in a Greek Orthodox family, like what we do is we have holy water and we have a pine brush. And I what I do is I bless all of our houses in my family. We kind of live in the same vicinity, and that makes them happy. It doesn't make my sleep paralysis stuff go away, but you you have to find that one thing that works for you. And I think that everybody can make a piece of art, even if it sucks. You know, there's something powerful about doing that. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think- 100%. I think there's something to be said about, about doing that, like taking, kind of taking the power back to yourself, be it, be it through a mantra, be it through art, be it through music, whatever it is, like, like you are attempting to take control of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's very powerful. Yeah. It is. It's, I don't know, dealing like, like Steve said, I mean, we've always been into the paranormal since we were little bit kids. We loved X-Files, me and him two different spectrums of the world essentially, but we were both a kid that would check out books from the library on the weird stuff. So it's always been ingrained in me and his DNA, man. And <laughs> That's awesome. Some of the things that we have, like we're, 
it may not sound like it, but we're extremely rational people. Like when it comes to ourselves, well, I'll always, dude, you could tell me that you saw a blue lizard man climb out of your ceiling. I'm going to go, I believe you because <laughs> I do. I have no reason not to believe you. Right? right. But when it comes to ourselves, we're very rational people and we try to pick apart all of the experiences that we have. And with that being said, it's even crazier when you can't, mm-hmm. when you can't pick them apart, you know, like you said, the fact that it's interesting to me, and I'm not trying to stray this away in any way, shape, or form, but it's interesting to me that people have documented sleep paralysis, like you said, throughout history, and they've been seeing the same figures throughout history. That's interesting. There to me, that has to be linked to something. I, I don't know what they are. I mean, like, uh, I'm not a psychoanalyst. I I wish I could figure out that and spread the awareness of it. But um, I just think if there's some, like, uprising of of interest in that, and if I can spark that through my pictures, I think that we can uncover something, you know? I don't know where it will lead. I was hoping to make, um, like, a virtual reality experience where people could come in, lay in a prop bed, and put on, like, a headset and experience what it's like to go through something like this haven't done it yet it's been difficult to figure out but i hope that i can make it more immersive as technology progresses i think that'd be really fun that would, that would be crazy yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean go ahead steve oh i was gonna say i don't think people people realize the fear that is attached to sleep paralysis mm-hmm. like i've stated before it's like nothing i've ever experienced in my life it is just primal ingrained in my dna that i am supposed to be afraid of this thing <laughs> And talking about it, uh, that it's happened thousands and thousands of years. Maybe it is like some kind of some kind of ingrained fear that we're supposed to have of these, which makes that like that in itself is terrifying that we're programmed to be afraid of whatever these entities are. Right. It's just in our DNA. It kind of reminds me of the like the Assassin's Creed game. I don't know if you guys have played that mm-hmm. game before, yep. where it's like they explore their ancestors' DNA and it all is just like this meshed connect thing. Um, I often think about that. Like, are they our ancestors? Are they people from thousands and thousands of years ago that started our DNA? I mean, you can go down any rabbit hole. But oh, absolutely. Right? And that's why I love, that's why I love the paranormal. That's why, because it's, it, for the most part, to our knowledge, I'll throw that out there, uh, it's undo- it's uncharted territory. Like, we we are the, we get to be explorers, again, right? right. If you, when you're looking into these types of t- subjects. And I'm also the type of person that, you know, I, I look at it, I am obvious, I obviously look at life through a paranormal lens and a mystical lens, a whole nine. But I'm not opposed to, say, because of you, more and more like it's put onto sleep paralysis. And then one day, we have for sure answers. Right. And it's, it's medical. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That is one that we get to check off the box now. You know what I mean? Like we asked enough questions, whether it be from a paranormal side, from a art side, from a medical side, from just a blatant interest side, that it casts so much light on the situation that we got to, we figured out one of these mysteries. Right. Check mark. Fantastic. Beautiful. We don't have the explanation of who these guys are that are appearing at the bedsides of people across history for thousands of years. And they all look the same and they're still around, you know, it's like, you know, we found this cause, but what's in that world. And I think that's what I'm mostly interested in, you know? Hey, hats off, man. I'm us too. I'm here (laughs) for it. 
I'm I'm here. For, I'm glad that you're out there exploring it because, like I said, I feel like that takes it takes dedication, man, and courage because it's not it's not easy facing your fears. No, at all. We're putting them out there, especially like oh yeah, in in social media today. Like you will you become a target if you step outside the box, you know, and especially focusing your artwork around it and putting that out there. It takes that it takes a lot. Right. It's like you get to that point, though. It's like, what else can you do? It was really my artwork was originally a, a cry for help. Like, hey, can you guys help me figure this out? Because I'm not having a good time doing it myself. And I'm so thankful that other people are willing to be vulnerable and share their stuff with me, too. Because imagine sharing that with a stranger on the Internet, you know, and I'm sure your listeners feel the same way. They're so thankful for you guys that they can come to you and share these experiences that they could never tell their significant other or their parents, you know there's a no judgment zone. I think it's, it's, it's really powerful to do that. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, cause sometimes, and it, it's weird too, cause like I'll have these experiences and when I sit and I, I'll just tell Steve about it, you know, or, or it's just me and him. And it's, I know it's going out to listeners. Like I, even though I believe your blue lizard story, I still feel absolutely insane telling you my story. Like I, I still feel crazy is all hell mm-hmm. and i know that i'm not going to get judged or anything but it's that it's it's that mechanism inside us that we we humans love to rationalize everything away that's just what we love to do mm-hmm. and i mean i don't want to be looked at like crazy i know that i am but it's it's hard to get past even for two dudes who have done this for five years it's right. still hard to like rationalize these situations and try to understand them it's it's so difficult Yep. Uh, the phenomenon is still so taboo. Like I said earlier, it's, it's, it, that aspect alone is crazy to me that so many people are having experiences across the whole spectrum and then it, they still catch flack when they come out about it. It's, it's wild to me. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, what else can we do though? We have to talk about it. It's, it's the elephant in the room and it, more people are experiencing this across the world than we know. And who knows how many people are talking about it and who aren't like there's thousands of people suffering in silence. Most likely they're, they're kids or teenagers. And I just hope that we can find a way for them to feel less stigmatized and just come out and share it. And then the parents get the information that it's not a, a demon that they need to put them through an exorcism, you know, cause it's traumatizing and it makes it even oh, worse. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Like yeah, I couldn't I imagine have, being 15 years old and thinking that I'm possessed by a demon. Yeah. Being 15 is terrible oh, as it is. Wow. You know? <laughs> I'm just trying to be a kid and hear all this stuff is happening. But. Oh, dude, I just, I just put myself in that position. Cause I thankfully have never been in that position, but I just visually put myself there being 15. And even in, especially with me and, you know, loosely believing in this stuff back then. And then having, having someone dead face tell you, you're possessed by a demon. Oh my Lord. I could not imagine the, the mental loops that my yeah. brain would be doing. I would fracture into a million pieces. Not enough like, chemical hey, imbalance. Of 15. Yeah. Like it's, I just could not mentally handle that. It's like, they weren't trying to do anything. They didn't give me an exorcism. They just had a priest come to my house and bless me. Right. But um, they did everything that they could with the limited information that I would share with them and with what people knew. It's it's a different world now that people are more 
I guess, outcoming and vulnerable on social media. It wasn't always that way, I guess, when I was a teenager, but um, yeah. Yep. They were, it sounds like they were trying to protect you the best way they knew how. Exactly. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I wasn't trying to, to poke at him or anything of that nature. Just, I mean, cause there've been times for my kids where I'm like, man, like I just, I literally was just telling Steve about it. Like it's kind of starting to get worried over my daughter. So I just prayed over top of her, you know, I'm like, man, some weird circumstances with her with right now. And, and then the next day she's better, but like I definitely get it looking from every I, I mean, I'll take I'll take advice from any angle that I possibly can. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out that you 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 know, we talked about um this creating conversation. Another thing that I've noticed in our community, we would have we've we've had several occasions where somebody has presented us with, with some type of uh experience. And we all would sit around in an open platform like on discord and start talking about it with them. And in a, in a couple cases, not every case, but in some of those cases, somebody has an idea or throws something into that conversation. And then you actually do figure it out like, Oh guys, you were right. It was totally just the fridge. My fridge is actually broke as shit. But now I know that I don't have something knocking on the wall in my house. Like, right. And it, they would have stayed terrified, right? If mm-hmm. they had not have had the opportunity to present that and have a conversation with the people without judgment, like you've brought up. But because of that, they they now have their closure and they they get to move past it now. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's really it is really awesome having, like you said, building these communities and having people so vocal and because uh, a lot of the people in our community, like we didn't even start out with that name like the hollow cult it was given to us because somebody noticed how culty i remember like <laughs> it really, so- <laughs> it's it's crazy like i I'll, I'll talk to people about it i'm like we i mean i don't get an opportunity to be in discord very often anymore but um you would sit there and talk about aliens and bigfoot and then on the next channel people are sharing cooking recipes from all over the world yeah They're just hanging out and being a family and everybody is so cordial. Like we have created this this fluent community of just really awesome people who just happen to have or be interested in weird experiences from all over the ages, time, everything. And I, I think it's beautiful, dude. What you're doing is beautiful, uh, and just the the building of these communities and being able to talk about it, even if it is a fractured part of your brain. Mm-hmm. just being able to express yourself, be taken seriously is so important, especially like you were saying in young children, like it's, it's crazy important that you give them the opportunity to express themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. No, if, just beautiful, dude. Beautiful. Thank you so much. If you, if your listeners want to submit their dreams to me, I'm actually just opened up on my website, a dream submissions form where awesome. if they love like, that, I haven't really shared this with anyone yet. It's just been on my site kind of like casually there. I'm going to do a bigger post um, hopefully this month, but um, I'm going to start recreating the dreams of other people. Oh, dude, that's brilliant. That's awesome. Submit their stuff to me with their consent that they'll check off a little thing at the bottom. I'll analyze these submissions and pick one person and work with them. Maybe they'll be in it. Maybe they're close enough. If not, um, I'll work with them one-on-one to create something and we'll, we'll put it out there. 
as an experience. Awesome. I think it'd be kind of fun. So if they want to send me an email, tell them to feel free. 100%. Yes. Absolutely. I just, I just saw that on your website when I was looking around earlier and I said that, that yeah. in itself, I think having, having something physical to, to look at and examine from an experience you had that, I mean, essentially wasn't physical. Right. I, I think that is like you said, like you stated, it's, it's a different kind of therapy that I think it would help people immensely. Totally. Beautiful dude. Like, I love that. I love that idea. I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's not only brilliant, but it's heartwarming. Like it is you. It's almost like you're repaying the favor to a degree, right? Because somebody helped you through this shit. And now you're like, you know what? I'm going to help you. Absolutely. I I could not commend you for more for that. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And those things need to be called out more often. You know, when people do amazing, beautiful things like that, they need to be appreciated for it. I think that's super important in life to just be a good person. Totally agree. Thank you. But I have another oddball question. What's your favorite metal band? Favorite metal band. That's tough. Um, It is tough. All right. I knew we were going to circle around. <laughs> yeah, I had to, dude. I had to. I'm going to say right now, August Burns Red, because I mm. love the drummer, Matt Grainer. He's, I've yeah. talked to him on Instagram a bunch. He actually, over there, I have a, my drum set set up. He sent me a signed pair of sticks, and he's the coolest guy. So awesome. I have to give a shout out to him. <laughs> that is dope. That yeah. is dope. Mm-hmm. Yep, I know August Burns Red. They're a good one. Yeah. Yep. They are a good one. Because that's, yeah. that's the, I was kind of trying to gauge out what type of metal you were into because there are varying, you know, varying genres, so to speak. And that's kind of the same genre me and Steve are in. Yep, right, right, right in our lane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like a bunch yeah. of, like I'll listen to like Amon Amarth, which is like Viking pagan yep. metal. I'll experience that as like Christian metal. There's, there's different stuff and I just love pulling different types of music and having All them right. inspire my art too. So that is that's awesome, awesome, dude. It yeah. is, it's cool that you're so in touch with it. Like you don't, you don't kind of fear it anymore. You're just so in touch with the way it makes you feel and, and all I it's just beautiful, dude. It's amazing. It really Thank is. You. Yeah. Well, if you want to, before you go, you can tell everybody where to find you, remind them about the dream thing. Let it, let's, let's sure. fill fill his inbox on that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, Instagram, it's Nicholas Bruno, Nicholas without an H. Um, you can, if you want to support me, you can pick up a copy of my tarot deck, which is somniatarot.com. Um, and on my website, nicholasbrunophotography.com, you can go to the dream submissions tab and send in your dream to me. And maybe possibly this month or next month, I'm going to go through them all and pick one person and create their dreams. So I think it'd be a really interesting experience. I've never done it before, so it should be pretty fun. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Well, I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to hang out and just have a conversation with us. It's been very enlightening. Of course. Thank you for letting me talk with your audience and speak with you. I learned a lot and can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Absolutely. Well, Hollow Cult, do what you do best. Go and uh, support Nicholas. If you've got a dream sleep paralysis encounter, shoot it over to his inbox. You might get uh, a little bit of help that you didn't anticipate. And on that, we are going to wrap it up. Again, thank you, Nicholas, for hanging out with us. Excellent conversation tonight. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And uh, Hello Cult, you know the drill. Stay safe. Stay weird. 
And again, if you are an experiencer of sleep paralysis, get a hold of our friend Nicholas. He he's doing the good work. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.